0: My whole thing whenever I'm talking to people about stuff is questioning what do we actually have to do? Because we can feel like I have to, I have to do all of this, but you don't have to do all the things. Maybe you're focusing on something you naturally enjoy. Make it be things that you're actually looking forward to, or if you still have some resistance, you hire somebody to do that.
1: Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Helping home professionals and luxury brands accelerate their success with proven marketing strategies and expert industry practices. Now, here's your host, Darla Powell. Build Lane is a platform that makes it super easy for designers to specify custom furniture. They are changing the game. The end result is an unleashing of your creativity. Whatever you can imagine can be built and whether or not you're a novice at custom furniture design or an expert, Build Lane's team can make the process super easy. Head on over to buildlane.com. That's buildlane.com. Use code WINGNUT250 to get a $250 discount just for you. buildlane.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Guess Who Wingnut Social. We are a digital marketing agency for interior designers and adjacent verticals such as home pros, architects, landscapers, decorators, home stagers, home business coaches, you name it. Give us a call at 786-206-4331 or go look at our case studies from our happy, happy interior design clients at wingnutsocial.com. That's wingnutsocial.com. Hey there and welcome to Wingnut Social, the business and marketing podcast for you guys, the interior design industry and adjacent verticals, home pros and such. I am Darla Powell, the Grand High Poobah of all things Wingnut here. And today's show for you is going to be another kind of emotional mindset business show. <laughs> There's definitely been a trend here. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. And today's guest, Amber Holly, is actually a therapist, a marriage and family therapist who works with high performing entrepreneurial couples and individuals, She helps them to have more fulfilling relationships without sacrificing their businesses. She's the owner of a group therapy practice in Silicon Valley. She's a wife and mom of three kids, an avid coffee drinker, thank you, hello, so am I, and host of the Couples Fix and the Easily Distracted Entrepreneur podcast. And Amber and I do get into a little bit of personal talk with my relationship, my ex-wife of last year, and some of the business stresses that uh, tore that asunder. And maybe how that could be mitigated if you guys are in business with your significant other, your spouse, et cetera. And we also talk about burnout, avoiding burnout in some ways that you can manage burnout. And with the interior design industry going hella, hella balls to the wall right now, I see it every day in the groups, in the chats, people DMing me that they are just, they're in tears. They're just so busy and they're getting ready to just fall down and Some of them even call it quits, especially with all the back orders and the stress going on there with uh, things out of our control. So you guys are going to want to stay tuned and listen to my interview with Amber Holly. But before we get into that, y'all know what time it is. It's time for mini news, mini news sesh. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Emily, Lisi, welcome back. What do you have for us today? Today we're talking about Pinterest, right?
2: Yep. Today we've got straight from the horse's mouth uh, on Pinterest, proven ways to grow your audience. Oh, okay. All right. Let's hear what you got. Okay. So the first thing that Pinterest says is to create fresh content weekly. So you should be putting out at least one post per week on Pinterest.
1: But these are not like resharing posts. These are posts you've created, curated, that have the link to your website, right? Yeah, correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Not necessarily a link to your website because there are things called idea pins. So this is kind of like a new feature on Pinterest where they don't take you away from Pinterest. They keep you on Pinterest. So for idea pins, you don't link away to your website. So idea pins are basically, they're kind of like stories. Like if you find videos on your feed, those are most likely idea pins. And Pinterest is really pushing these. So the more you post them, the more exposure you're going to get.
1: Oh, so, okay. So just to make sure I understand, are those those annoying videos when I'm really just trying to find pretty pictures and add them to my, my new home board?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Those are idea pins.
1: (laughs) I was going over Pinterest with Shell and we are, you know, we're saving stuff to the new home board and we're both like, oh, with the video, get out of my way or just stop it with the video. We just want pretty pictures. I hate them. I'm really annoyed by them. I'm not sure what's going to happen with them. But if they're, they're pushing them for the algorithm for you to get traction on Pinterest. I I mean, I guess it's worth trying. You say here too that um, another way to grow your Pinterest is to use trends. So I guess that is part of it, right?
2: Yeah, they actually have a website. If you go to trends.pinterest.com, you can see a whole, you can type in a keyword and see a whole list of different topics that are trending. So for example, right now, fall decor ideas for the home is a topic that's trending. So you'll, that'll give you an idea of what to post. So you can post a picture of a home that's decorated for the fall and include those keywords in your pin. And that's going to help you get traction as well.
1: Now, here's something that's really interesting because we, we know that on Instagram, text overlay on your images is a killer. It's a huge account killer. But on Pinterest, it's a super good thing. We, they want text overlay. Why is that?
2: So for text overlay, specifically on idea pins, that's going to help your SEO on Pinterest. So when you put that text overlay, when you're creating I- an idea pin, that text will come up when someone searches for that text. That makes so it's sense.
1: different from like if you put a text overlay on Instagram, Instagram is not really uh, searching for that or crawling for that text.
2: Right, correct. Okay, yep. Okay. so that
1: makes sense because Pinterest is very SEO-able, Google-able, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm making up words. Okay, next is topic tag before you publish.
2: So with any pin, you should be tagging relevant topics. So you'll be given an option before you publish the pin to tag things like interior design, or just like general co- topics like that that match whatever type of content you're posting.
1: Okay. Well, that makes sense. So board names, descriptions, all those categories, uh, the, the, anything that's searchable like that you think can reach your ideal client or your, your end goal or whoever you want to collaborate with or a vendor or HGTV, it's important to fill in all those little things. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it. I, I'll say I've been off of Pinterest for a while, except for my own personal use, using it for the new home and ideas and, uh, in the day, and I still am on Tailwind, I'm in Tailwind Tribes, and people are still sharing content from that, and that's also helped to grow my Pinterest. But I'm, I, I haven't created new content for Pinterest in quite a while, and I'm still getting like 450,000 visitors a month over there just from the Tailwind and the previous work with the blogs. It's not an overnight thing, and I know there's designers out here listening saying, oh, big freaking deal, I get over a million or whatever. You know, it's true, but I'm not doing anything on it. So... And it's not overnight, but a little bit of elbow grease and a little bit of hard work and they have staying power. They really do. They just it's exponential. They keep getting shared. And check out, we did a whole episode on Tailwind for Pinterest back in the day. Um, My editor will put that in the show notes. But check that out. It's super helpful to grow your Pinterest as well. And it seems like they're rewarding us for playing with the new toys, just like everybody else, right? Facebook and Instagram. Play with our new idea pins, which I Mm -hmm. hate. But, you know, I guess maybe I'll try (laughs) it. I loathe them. They get in the way of my saving pretty pictures. (laughs) I don't know if you guys have a different opinion. Let me know. Darla at wingnutsocial.com. I'm, I'm happy to get yelled at. All right, Emily. Thank you again for your, all you do and your research. We'll see you again next week. All righty. Many new sesh. Yeah. yeah. All right, Emily. Thank you so much again for that mini new sesh. Now let's get into my interview with Amber Holly. Hey there, Amber Holly. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you? I am mighty fine. Thank you for having me. Welcome. Thank you for joining us in the green room. We were talking about uh, you know our subject for today, and I have a little bit of a personal angle on this. But first, before we get started about um, emotions and managing the emotional side of your business, just give me a little brief background about who you are, what you do, and we'll dig in.
0: So I'm a licensed therapist by trade, and I have a group practice in Silicon Valley that I've had for the last little over 10 years. And I also have two online businesses, but the one that we're really talking about today is the easily distracted entrepreneur podcast and where I help entrepreneurs with the emotional side of business. And so I, it's, you know, a little bit of biz coaching, but a lot of helping people with ADHD or burnout or overwhelm, you know, the kind of the, I help the overwhelmed overachievers stop struggling for success is what I say. I love it. Where do I sign up again? <laughs> Yes. I will send you a link.
1: <laughs> it's so funny because, again, in the green room and before when I was reviewing you before, you know, this interview for the show, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is coming at the right time for sure because we spoke a little bit. I underwent a divorce this year, breakup. It, it was pretty nasty. It was a lot of it was business related A lot of emotion was involved. I'm totally having burnout. (laughs) I think cortisol upon cortisol upon cortisol has been stacked. So I do want to talk to you about that. Let's get started. I don't want to make the show about me, but I'm sure there are people in the audience who can relate. So my wife and I, uh, my ex wife and I, I should say, of 10 years, we went into the business together. It was more my thing. You know, it was balls to the wall all the time, just, you know, running two businesses and she just got burnt out. She saw uh, some greener grass, took it. We got divorced and it was an incredibly stressful, stressful thing that she'll say the business was responsible for, the business brought on. There was way more to it than that. But let's start out with that. First of all, bad idea to put
0: your spouse on your business? Yes. <laughs> Next. Next. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say this is the, this is going to be such a therapist answer and it's going to annoy people. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. That's the show Boom. folks. Thanks for, so much for joining us. Yes, come back every week. I personally couldn't do that, <laughs> but but this is it depends. You you have to know yourself, you have to know your partner, you have to understand your communication, but you are absolutely not alone. Like I can't tell you how many people I'm seeing or even in close friends to me that are getting divorces. And sometimes it is that I see the, like everything going all in on the business and there's no balance and there's no connection. There's no like intentional time being spent on the relationship and one person feels abandoned. That does absolutely I'm seeing that that happens. I mean, and then it happens no matter what, but especially in this last year and a half, it's really exacerbated because there's so much extra stress, right? And so it's it's happening a lot. Part of where I'm in that unique place of I do work with business owners and oft sometimes they're partners, like intimate partners. Sometimes they're just business partners, but I help them kind of work through things. And my specialty is couples counseling. So it's like this perfect mesh of like... (laughs) Too late, Amber. Yeah, I know. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I do couples coaching and couples counseling, you know, two different businesses. But it really is a problem. And, And it's hard. Like we're human and we're being pulled in so many directions and there's so many things that we feel like we have to show up for. And when we can, we get in a place and especially if, if your partner's not saying anything to you, like, let's say they are, whether they're involved in the business or not, and they're not saying anything. And you're just assuming like they get it. They get that. I have to go all in, or I have to put in these hours because like financially we have to pay the bills. Right. And if there's not that communication happening, then sometimes what ends up happening is people feel blindsided. Right. And That person who's like, hey, I've been focusing on the business, thinking we're fine. I haven't heard anything. And the other person is, you know, also can be feeling like they feel abandoned or they feel like they're not a priority. And maybe they reached out in the beginning and then they kept getting rejected. And then sometimes, yeah, they choose to go find someone who isn't rejecting them. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what I mean, apart
1: from some of the rejection stuff, but that's that is exactly what happened. The grass was greener, there was less stress, there was less commitment. There was no communication up until the point of where, hey, guess what?
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's and that's what's yeah. so hard too. And you know, I understand it. Having been doing couples counseling for like 14 years. Affairs can be, it can be an escape. I mean, there's many reasons that people have affairs, but whether they're emotional affairs or physical, you know, it can be an escape. It can be like making up for what's lacking in the relationship, but it's, it's not about it being like one person's fault per se like, that it's like, oh, you didn't pay enough attention to me, so it's your fault. Not that. Oh, no, it was all her fault. (laughs) Let's not get it twisted. (laughs) Well, since I'm not your therapist, I can take your side. So I (laughs) will totally take your side. Of course.
1: So we don't make this too Darla intensive. I do want to talk about, thank you for that insight. I know, I know, you and I both know there's people listening that this is going to hit home for. So let's say that, um, there are designers in the audience who their significant other is part of their business and they're undergoing some of this, the stress, this is resonating with them. they're like, holy, shit, this is really, this is what's going on in here. How can they mitigate this to keep, you know, the, that terrible thing from happening?
0: Some of the things where I start with when I'm working with a new couple is that own a business together or in business together is talking about where are the boundaries between work and home? And I think that's like the first step is making sure there's space for both. And, you know, I'll kind of, I guess I'll do the high level, like quick top level stuff, but like I could get into this stuff deeper if, if you want to, but the, you know, the top level would be like having that delineation, that boundaries, creating routines or creating kind of a way of. Letting go or separating the two so that you're not just constantly talking about work because that can really take over. You have to intentionally make time as a couple to connect as a couple. And sometimes it also is about making sure you have space to take care of yourself. So, like, self care is a piece of that. The other thing is, my experience is you have to make space like a dedicated time that you are talking about, you know, your relationship and for some people like if you're if you know like if you're in distress or you're having conflict all the time you know that that needs to be addressed and so that might have to happen more frequently but if there's no communication happening then maybe it's about like just making intentional time to connect but i i think it's important though to kind of have this time or this ritual where you come together and talk about the relationship and how things are going and how people are feeling because what happens is like if we're having a good day we're like, I don't want to bring up the thing I'm upset about or I'm feeling and ruin our good day because we're finally having time together, right? And if you're in a shitty space and having conflict, like that's not the most productive time to bring it up. And frankly, like people tend to, if they're just having a fight, then they'll kind of chalk it up. Oh, we were just having a fight and we got over it, you know, and not actually addressing anything. So I think it's about having that intentional time where you're talking about like, you know, what's going well Is there been a struggle? Is there been something that's been happening that makes you feel a certain way? You could schedule that. And let's say everything's going really great. My experience is like, you know, I mean, stuff always comes up, but let's pretend it's all going great. Well, then you just had time where you can sit and have a conversation. Like it doesn't all have to be negative, but if you're in that place where you're not talking about it at all, then having that dedicated time, whether that's once a week, once a month, I wouldn't go out further than that. But having that time, if you are not the kind of people who are good about bringing up things that are upsetting you, right?
1: Right. Do you think that there is ever a situation to where you would advise a couple or your clients in business to just don't do it? Don't go into business together. It's a bad idea. Or do you think it's all case by case, just in your experience?
0: Oh, you mean like if there's, yeah. Oh, there. I mean, there have been times Where I'm working with people, I'm like, oh, for the love of God, stop working together. Like you do not belong together. This is not good. Um, And as a therapist or even as a couples coach, I don't always say that. Although I say it in a way, like I'm I'm pretty direct, so but it's not my decision to make, right? But it, it seems so clear. I think when you have a dynamic where maybe one person is kind of like the person in charge and the other person is in a support role. And if you're having terrible communication outside of the business, you're not connecting at all, there's all these other conflicts and dynamics happening. That would be a great time, like, because if, especially in that scenario, if you're not like all in, to really find can someone else come in and take over those roles? and you be able to step out. So that way it kind of keeps it cleaner. Like I hate to, yeah, there's almost, it's so hard to come up with like a, (laughs) an absolute, it's, I do feel so much of it is like case by case and there's so much that goes into it. But if I could pick a scenario, that might be it. And, you know, and I, I think so many people like in leadership who teach about leadership will talk about, or HR and hiring, don't hire family members. Like, this is. It's of course we understand why. I mean, I have businesses and I have had those times where I'm like, I just want somebody I can absolutely trust, especially after we've been burned. Like we want to find those people who care about us and are invested, and so it can be easy to go to that person. But sometimes it's worth not muddying the waters, so to speak. Yeah. So just a caveat, if that is something, a
1: situation that you're in and you are bringing in your your husband or your wife or your partner into business to make sure that you have all these practices in place so you don't get to that point for sure. Okay, so thank you for addressing that. So now let's talk about burnout. So the interior design industry for about the last 18 months or so has been crazy busy. The home industry designers are taking on more clients almost than they can handle and they're fizzling out, they're burning, burning, burning out. Let's talk about, first of all, how to recognize the signs of burnout. What are we looking at?
0: I would say like, yeah, certain industries are seeing it more, but I think it's almost an entrepreneurial epidemic. Like we're just the level of expectation on business owners, especially if you're in that phase where you're still doing everything yourself. Like if you're, you don't have a team or much of a team to people to support you, it's just, there's so many demands on your time and energy you know, in our culture is very like hustle culture oriented. Right. And so it's, it's hard, I think, to, to set those boundaries or to take care of yourself and keep yourself from that. So how do you recognize it? You know, it could show up differently for people, but sometimes it's like, you start to notice that you're easily irritable, like more so than normal. Right. (laughs) You're a bitch. <laughs> I was like I'm always a bitch, but I'm an extra bitch and maybe that's a sign that I'm burning out. <laughs> I'm a bitch, I'm a boss. <laughs> and yeah. So maybe you're quicker to irritation <laughs> than normal and um or like you're not enjoying things that you normally enjoy doing. You could feel exhausted no matter how much sleep you get. Like, often, by the time I think people, a lot of people recognize that there's a lot of physical symptoms that are happening. And it's hard, too, because, you know, especially for women, I notice, is that we also deal with so many hormonal changes, so it's hard to know. Like, I think we we justify a lot. Like, well, of course I'm tired because, you know, I just had a baby. Or of course I'm tired I'm going through menopause. Or of course I'm tired because... I do everything around the house, that invisible labor, in addition to the business, and and I wake up at 3 a.m. every night and spend two hours awake, and I can't get back to sleep, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, why are
1: you stalking me? I know.
0: <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to check my house for cameras. <laughs> I know, right? That is the shared human experience. I am stalking you all. So some of those things... Typically, you know, we think about like compassion fatigue, especially for people in like the helping professions. And what was interesting to me is because it'll be like, oh, you don't look forward to seeing your clients or you kind of just dread going to work. I mean, I think waking up dreading going to work or starting your day is a good sign that something's amiss, right? (laughs) Whether that's full blown burnout. But I noticed the first time I went through my first bout of burnout many years ago, I didn't recognize it as that either, which, you know, of course, as a therapist and I'm working with this because I love seeing my clients. And so I would always look forward to client sessions. That was like, oh, I can do that in my sleep. And I love it. But it was everything else. Like It took so much energy to do simple administrative stuff. And it was just like, I can't. And I just... You know, I felt exhausted by it. I just didn't want to do it. I would put it off and procrastinate. So those can be signs as well. And so sometimes people think, well, I'm still enjoying my, you know, the work that you do. If you're somebody who's still delivering like a service or you're the one that's doing that. But it can be that it's all the other stuff that, you know, like, oh, this would only take 10 minutes. And I've made it so big and hard and like difficult to get it done. And, you know, I see this a lot. I have ADHD. So part of it was like, Oh, I'm sure it's just my ADHD. And you know, the people I work with, there is an element of that. But when it it gets to be this chronic issue of putting important things off in your business, like what I did was saw my clients every week, because I loved it, and I never build them. And (laughs) (laughs) that could be a problem. Oh, It was. (laughs) But of course, do you think I resolved that super quick? No, because I was burnt out. (laughs) And so that guts me still to this day. But It is what it is, right? There are lots of different ways that it can show up. But in general, I would say it's that, like that chronic fatigue of no matter how much rest, you know, you can take a lot of downtime and you still don't feel refreshed.
1: Have you visited our sponsor, buildlane.com? If you haven't, why haven't you? You know, when I was doing full-time interior design in Miami, Florida, I would have given my whole collection of Star Wars action figures to have known about Build Lane because we were doing a buttload of custom furniture work. The logistics were awful. But Build Lane, the genius behind them is they've solved that. They are basically a one-stop shop for all of your custom furniture needs. They have a whole stable full of vetted vendors that are capable of building almost anything you can imagine. And all you have to do is give them a fully specified CAD file or a pencil drawing on a cocktail napkin. And Build Lane is going to match the needs of the piece that you need with one of their highly vetted factories that has all the capabilities to make that. And they'll return a quote to you You get your own little manager. You can show your clients, here is your beautiful piece getting built along the way. Aren't you freaking excited? Guys, this is the perfect opportunity to up-level your interior design game to make yourself that designer who can offer things that no other designer can. You need to get over to buildlane.com fast. And be sure to use the special code WINGNUT250 for $250 off of that whole situation right there. That's buildlane.com, wingnut 250. You're going to love them. Hey, this is Darla from Wingnut Social. Wingnut Social is a marketing agency for the interior designers. And I know something about that because I am an interior designer. And when I was doing full-time design in Miami, Florida, my social media marketing made all the difference in bringing me leads and clients. And not only that, but broadening my awareness, my reach, my brand awareness, and keeping me top of mind for clients when they were ready to pull that trigger on my interior design services. And right now I know you guys are super, super busy, But we all know that it's not going to last forever, so it's very important to keep top of mind and keep that pipeline stoked for when this super unprecedented busy design season decides to, you know, go away, to do the opposite. And right now, we have two slots left open for our full-service digital marketing before we close enrollment for the fall and reopen it back sometime in December. So two spots left open for our full-service social media marketing. We are busy 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 we have a waiting list and that is because we have a very low churn rate and what a churn rate means in the industry is you know someone comes in someone goes out someone comes in and someone goes out and sales has to you know churn has to keep on top of it well at wingness social nobody leaves <laughs> nobody leaves which is a testament to the job that we do for our clients. As a matter of fact, you can go to wingnutsocial.com, check out the case studies at the very top navigation, and you can see some of the results that we've managed to achieve for our clients while doing their digital marketing. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com or give us a call at 786-206-4331. We'll be happy to help you out. I know that what you're saying right now is resonating with designers listening in the audience, for sure. It's resonating with me. And like, even when just after the divorce, there was no time off to take care of myself. So the things that I loved, like you were saying, like your sessions, I'm still showing up. I'm still showing up with some other things, the burnout, I would procrastinate and put things off. So however that's looking for you out there and however that's manifesting, I'm sure there's some parallels that can be drawn. Let's talk about learning some strategies to keep that from happening, from getting to that critical point.
0: Yes, definitely. My favorite strategy is one that also takes effort. <laughs> it is hiring people or delegating yes. to people. That's my I mean delegation is my favorite strategy. Because <laughs> I love that too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There are just there are things that need to be done in your business and burnout regardless of burnout, you might not have been the best person to be doing that. Just because you're good at something doesn't mean you should do it, right? That's like that being in your zone of genius thing. Not like I'm super competent in a lot of stuff. I was a dot-comer before becoming a therapist. I'm very techie. I could do a lot of the things. And I realized, like, this is not a good use of my time, right? And, you know, there are many strategies to assess that, like what you delegate. But that's my favorite. But I know it's also hard to onboard and train. Or even if you hire a business that does this as their expertise, One, um, you still have to kind of get them familiar with your stuff, although I think that's easier when this is somebody's expertise. But my experience in hiring in the last year and a half is that even when other people are burnt out, so even though it's their expertise, they're (laughs) still screwing up and not showing up. And it's like, oh, for the love of God, like, please. I'm finding that. And
1: I just recently moved to Southern Maryland, and it's not just me noticing this, but I'm looking for contractors and stuff for home remodel and home build. And they're burnout. Then nobody really yes. wants to do anything. They're just everybody's just burnout. So it's hard to find. So it's manifesting itself all, all,
0: all, all over the over. place. Over and people not returning calls and you know yes. that kind. Of, yeah, it's so hard. And for me, like I'm already crap at follow up. But especially when you're in burnout, like then to remember to follow up with those people and so stuff kind of gets drug on and on. So delegation is my favorite. I also think. It's about kind of assessing like what's important. What can I just delete off my list right now? And you know, when we tell people to like, just let go of something, like nobody wants to do that. Like, oh, I'm losing something. And so, you know, I have a whole process of like focusing on more like what's important to you and what you get to keep as opposed to what you're letting go of. But my favorite strategy is, I just say, put a pin in it. Because if I am told, well, first of all, I have that rebel tendency. So if I'm like, you need to let that go and stop doing that. Well, no, I don't want to do that. But if you're (laughs) like, oh, you have a lot going on right now, how about you just postpone that for a little bit? Okay, I can do that. (laughs) Like, let me put a pin in it, and I'll put a pin in it for three months, and I can follow up, or a month, or whatever feels comfortable for you. Sometimes we never get back to those pins. That's the reality, because they weren't that important. But sometimes it's like, no, this is important to me. But realistically, when I look at like my schedule and my goals for the quarter, I just have to put a pin in that thing, right? And so there's that process because, and that kind of goes into, again, everyone's favorite therapist word, boundaries. Um, (laughs) So having boundaries, having boundaries around how much you work, how you work, like setting expectations for team members, for clients about when you'll respond to things, what's the time frame in which you'll get back to people and kind of switching that up. And sometimes you have to experiment and then say, oh yeah, that's not working and I've got to shift it. And then you have to communicate it to people. But I think we are chronically overscheduled. And I think it's about saying you need more space in your day than you think you do. I know that's hard though, because as you know, for designers, it's similar to being a therapist, right? Where we only get paid for butt and chair. So if you're not showing up, you're not getting paid. And so it's really hard if you're feeling financial pressure or stress or worry about losing money or clients to say, no, that I can't take somebody. But I think it's entrusting that There's plenty of business there. Obviously, you're saying there's like a ton of business. People are overloaded. Too much. And setting expectations for people around like, okay, I can't do this now, but I can do it in three months, right? Like setting that, and you can set up systems, like even saying, I mean, there's so many people that I've been working with, you know, that like redesigning a website or something like that, where it's like, you pay a deposit and then, you know, in two months is when it's going to happen, right? And so there are ways to still keep money coming in, but make sure that you are being really diligent about, I just can't add more people to my plate.
1: Yeah. That's what we've done here at Wingnut. We have a waiting list. We're at capacity. And that, for me, it's quality over quantity
0: any day. A hundred percent. And you want people to have a good experience, right? And I, I mean, that's my experience. Most business owners want people to have a good experience. And yeah, you, you kind of figure that out. Like I've done that too, where taking on way too many people. And then I'm like, Ugh. And, and then, you know, I don't want my client disappointed and I don't want to feel like I'm dropping the ball because then it, then I feel worse and then I'm going to feel more of that stress and overwhelm, right? Right. Amber, I,
1: I want to say, I love what you said about figuring out that you need more space in your day because in the beginning I was a victim of, I had to book every like 15 minute block. <laughs> but I'm, the more I've learned what my pace is, what keeps me happy is a natural introverted extrovert, I guess, or extroverted introvert, however you say I have my day broken down to uh, one extroverty thing or one big thing. Like today, today I'm the big thing is the this the podcast interview, and then I'll I'll layer in some admin or maybe some uh, working in the business a little bit, and then dreaming on the business. You know, the chief visionary officer on the business, and then that's it. That's it. I'm done for the day. And then tomorrow is another day, and I'll break it down the same way. And I find that uh, since I've started implementing this, you know, and just like little bite sized pieces I can handle, that has really reduced my stress. And well, I have a terrific team. Now, if I didn't have them, I would really just be a <laughs> creek, but, you know, that handle, <laughs> you know, outside of my zone of genius. Thank you, Gay Hendricks. That was a, you know, a, a terrific book that I recommend all the time, The Big Leap, who discusses that. So we're trying to just bite off more than we can chew. And that used to be me, and now it's not. And if someone says, hey, that's it, you're done with the day, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I sure am.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it feels so good. It sure does, (laughs) can Although it can take some people time to get comfortable with that, right? Like, there can be a lot of, like, guilt about being done or, you know, that it's too easy. I mean, there's so many things that come up for people. But, yeah, actually this week I'm doing my real schedule challenge. So this stuff is really top of mind for me. You are right, like this is such a big problem, and I'm a Gen X originally from the Midwest type A goal getter, you know, like balls to the wall. And so, everything in me is like, no, schedule, 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 go, go, go. And over the years, my bandwidth is not what it used to be, I just can't do it anymore. And then, COVID just like cut that bandwidth in half, is how I feel, but I really do i have been working on that. Like I have an online business manager who helps me with stuff. And I remember, you know, as we were kind of creating my schedule, like a year and a half ago or two or whatever it was. And I was like, Oh my God, there's look at all that space. Ugh, I should, I need more. I need more clients for this or that. And, <laughs> and then as I start doing it, I was like, Oh crap, I'm still too busy. Like there's too much. So yeah, I have I have a lot of strategies around that. So for me, I need to have days that are not scheduled.
1: I'm a Gen Xer too, by the way. I can have ten <laughs> meetings a week, or I can have three really good ones. You know, <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I choose to have the the even two two or three really good ones. Oh, so.
0: I I am going from like a like a C level delegator to an A level delegator this year. Oh, I'm an A plus yeah. from the beginning. I'm, getting,
1: I'm the queen of delegation. I love it. Highly recommend it.
0: I love that. I know. I <laughs> it was like I believed in it, but I didn't like I would still be taking on things and not like, Oh wait, I actually could ask so-and-so to do this. Like those kinds of like upgrades. But yeah. So for me setting my schedule of after so many years, like I have three young children as well. And there's a lot to manage for years though. I was like, I was constantly scheduled. Like it was like demand, demand, demand. The only time I had childcare was when I was seeing clients or, you know, meeting with my team and there was no space for me or that downtime and that really took a toll right and so now I find like I try to do clients you know two days a week and I try to have Mondays and Fridays have no meetings now occasionally there's stuff right because I do a lot of speaking or I, I host events so sometimes I have stuff on those days but it's like I always say, it's not about perfection, right? It's about 90 to 95% of the time. I don't schedule things on those days, but you know, like if Oprah's like, Hey, come on my show on a Friday. I'm like, no, I don't work Fridays. Like, (laughs) of course I'm going to show up. (laughs) Call me Oprah. Sorry, Oprah. Sorry. I have strict rules, Oprah. Exactly. That's why I say it's a boundary, not a wall. It's not about, it should be 90% of the time. The default is a no. And then occasionally yeah. it's a yes. And I intentionally choose those yeses. So I agree with you, like creating more space, having structure around your schedule. So for a designer, I imagine that would be like maybe one day a week, you're, you have days where you're doing client visits or, you know, new, like first calls or whatever. And then you figure out those days where you can just be in your office or be in your home or wherever it is where you're doing like your creative stuff, but you're not actually like supposed to show up and meet with somebody. Cause then you can also get into the flow state with your work. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love it. That's you're speaking, uh, you're singing my song and it's made such a huge difference. I mean, it was either that or crack, especially with the stress of this year and last year. <laughs> Amber, is there anything that I forgot to ask you that you think that the audience needs to hear before we get into the what up wing that round?
0: I mean, I could talk forever about this kind of stuff and give lots of advice <laughs> around do. like how to, you know, how to kind of come back from burnout or, or prevent it. I think it is my whole thing whenever I'm talking to people about stuff is questioning what do we actually have to do? Because we can feel like I have to. I have to do all of this. One, some of that stuff, no. Because like, you know, even like social media, everyone like, oh, of course you have to do social media. Uh, maybe. I mean, yes, I see. Of course. Oh, for sure. For sure you do, Amber. (laughs) (laughs) No, but maybe you outsource it. It's like the... (laughs) Yeah. Ah, okay. I see where you're going. Okay. Approve. Approve. I meant, I meant like yourself, (laughs) like you personally, (laughs) sorry. That's not what I meant. I meant personally. (laughs) But you don't have to do all the things. Maybe you're focusing on one and like focusing on something you naturally enjoy, right? And make it be things that you're actually looking forward to. Or if you still have some resistance, you hire somebody to do that. That's what I mean, like having that delegation. Yeah, for for sure. Well, again, that's outside your scope of genius. I mean, how many interior designers
1: out there or or therapists out there are going to be um, experts at social media marketing at their hourly rate? Come on, it just doesn't make sense.
0: Yes. And so it's like, that's not, yes, that's not your expertise. And I am a firm believer in hiring experts to do their work, but like questioning, like how much time and energy you're putting on things. And I think shifting that idea from like, I have to, to, I get to, I get to show up and do this and So that some of that is that mindset of that's helpful, right? Like I get to do show up and do a Facebook live or an Instagram live and connect with people and, you know, feel that connection. I get to show up and change, you know, my clients lives by improving their space. Like I'm such a huge fan of like, aesthetics and having your space really influence. I think your, your personal space does influence like your productivity and your focus and your energy and just how you feel. And so like, to me, that's something I'm always talking about. Um, and then the other piece is like being organized. Like I think organization, like organization is my porn. Like I love being organized. (laughs) I love it. Like, and
1: organize organization hub.
0: Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. We need to buy that URL. I'll add it to my list. We need to buy that URL. But yeah, you know, and at the same time, I live with three kids, two who probably have ADHD. My husband has ADHD and he's not OCD like me. And it's like, realistically, I can't have that perfect organization, but I can figure out ways so for me, it's like my office. don't t- don't come in my office, don't touch my stuff in my office, my office is clean, my bedroom, and then once a week, I do my purse and my car. But like, you know, having my bedroom be free of like clutter and distraction. like it's small. think about the small steps you can do to improve the quality of your life because they end up cumulatively having a big impact. So I guess that's what I would leave people with. <laughs> All right.
1: Excellent. So now, Amber Holly, I have to ask you. Are you ready? For the What Up Wingnut round. I am ready.
0: Now it's time for What Up Wingnut.
1: What would the hashtag on your tombstone be?
0: This is hard because I'm very sarcastic, but as like the funny of because I'm dead, I would say hashtag crushed it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're stuck on a deserted island, but guess what? You can have your favorite food forever. What's it going to be? Hands down, drunken noodles with chicken. Oh, that sounds good. I like it. Huh. I I think I would want to literally be drunken if I was
0: on a <laughs> certain island. Yes, yeah, so unfortunately, would... there's no booze in these noodles, but they are... Thai food is... I could live off Thai food forever.
1: <laughs> yeah, Thai food's great. Last but not least, please recommend a book that has had a profound impact on you, either personally or professionally.
0: Yeah, this one's hard because I love I love books. Like, I I covet, I collect... Like, that's the one thing I really collect is books. But I would say... Wild Succulent Woman by Sark to me was so transformational. I read it before I became a therapist. I read it in my early 20s. And actually, after reading that book, I was on a, a business trip to like LA and because I was setting up a new office or setting up technology something in the office. And I read that book. And when I got back, I'm like, yeah, I'm quitting my job. <laughs> Wow. That's a profound impact. Yes. And I don't know, maybe this is the problem. Sometimes I've said these things to people and recommended it and then they go back and read it and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I was like, I don't know. It just hit me. It just hit me. And, but it, I think it's a really great book. I love Sark. She's a San Francisco author and she talks a lot about like her story and the emotional, and she went through abuse and a whole bunch of things, but it's also, she has such a spirit and like a, A hopeful positivity about her.
1: Awesome. I love it. Amber, please tell the audience where they can go to find out more about you and your services, and then we will bid you adieu. Yes. Well,
0: since you're listening to a podcast, you can head on over and listen to the Easily Distracted Entrepreneur or the Couples Fix podcast, since we did touch on couple stuff today. Go to amberholly.com forward slash wingnut. And I have this assessment that people can... It's not an assessment, but it's this thing where it's creating coping mechanisms for when life is a show. And so that is where I give you some suggestions, but I also, you can kind of customize it for yourself. Because sometimes when we're really overwhelmed or in that space of, I don't even know, I need something. It's nice to have this list to go to that, hey, if I have five minutes, I can do this and it will help kind of shift or I have an hour to do this kind of self-care or this kind of coping mechanisms. It's, it's helpful sometimes just to see it in black and white and be able to choose that stuff. Now, with anything, I always say, like, self-care, it can be these small things. They're cumulative. It's not like anything on there is probably this magic bullet, except for getting drunk, but <laughs> 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 which we can't do all the time. You just can't. But when we do these things, even these small things that take five minutes, it helps us kind of shift our mood and our perspective. So.
1: Love it. Amber Holly. thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you. Delegate your work. Come on. <laughs> delegate. How many times have I been telling you to delegate outside your scope of genius? For sure. That helps for burnout hundred percent. I'm here to testify. So Amber had some really good insights, especially on the, you know, working with your partner, your business partner, things that maybe if I had heard five years ago or so might have made a difference. Although where I'm at right now in this space and time, I wouldn't have wanted it to make a difference because I love the space I'm in right now. So much, so much. Everything does happen for a reason. But the, the burnout, and it's so important because things like that will creep up on you before you know they're imploding, they're exploding, and you're like, where the hell did that come from? And business is stressful, especially the first few years it takes for freaking ever to become profitable because you're putting money back into the business, you're hiring people, you're buying things, you're spending money on marketing. But you know, once you get past that sweet spot, which right now it pays for itself. It certainly pays for itself. So if you're the other spouse out there and you're getting stressed and you're like, hey, grass is greener, maybe you should be more patient. <laughs> who, burnout is a real thing. I know the interior design industry right now is crazy, crazy, crazy. You got back orders, you got clients bitching and complaining. Where's the sofa I ordered in October? True freaking story. Sofa for Darla Pal Interiors ordered in October, still waiting for it to ship. And it's going to be a year by the time my client gets this thing. It's insane. And that can be stressful enough. So, you know, give yourself some negative space. Give yourself some time in the day to let yourself breathe. If you can delegate some of the stuff that you hate doing, do it. I do it. I don't do anything now I don't think that I really don't like. I have to give that some thought, but I I love everything that I do now. And it took me a whole hell of a long time to get to that place. But here I am, This made a huge difference and life happens and I feel well prepared to deal with stress now with some of these new tools. And Amber certainly gave us some great advice and some new tools. Don't forget, before I take a hike here and go take pictures of my new house in the landscaping uh, that we're working on for Darla Powell Home, Michelle and I bought a house, we're closing on it in October Shell and I bought a house. We're closing on it next month. We plan on remodeling it in phases. So be sure to follow that journey over at Darla Powell Home on Instagram. Also, don't forget, Wingnut Social, we have our waiting list open for uh, late fall, early winter for social media marketing, full service. Our clients are super, super stoked, super happy. No one leaves. It's like, once you come in, you can't leave. What is it? How does that go? (laughs) But we're not holding them against their will, which is the best part of that. Be sure to go to wingnetsocial.com. Check out those case studies from our very, very happy clients. We do social media with actually real ROI, not just throwing up pictures saying, hey, isn't that pretty? Because you want to get um, clients from it. You want to get collaborations from it. You don't want to waste your money because it is an investment for sure. Head on over to wingnetsocial.com check that out. If you have any questions, you can go ahead and schedule an appointment with uh, yours truly, and we'll talk it through and I'll let you know what we got. All right, that's it for this week. We'll see you next week. Remember to get out there, get uncomfortable and be great.
2: You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com to see how we can help you take your business from
0: social mediocre to social media master.
1: Also, remember to get on our also uh, wiki,
0: wiki, wiki. I am stalking you all. Actually, if you go to amberholly.com forward slash show. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Forward slash (laughs) wingnut. I I mean, is waffle acceptable?
1: Good boy, Mango.